0: On this call to action special episode, I focus on the actions of a warrior during an active shooter incident, specifically the Vegas massacre. Now this show's not for the weak-minded and certainly not for the weak of heart. I will go over the mindset and the skills a warrior needs to implement during these hyper-violent tragedies. Stand by. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle-ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Rise and night, my brothers. So after a bunch of requests, I decided to do this show, which is focused on the active shooter incident in Las Vegas. Now this is a call to action show, which means I am flying alone today, but we're going to be covering a tremendous amount on this podcast. I'm going to go over the mindset that is required to get through the stress, the courage that needs to be implemented. And of course the skills to safely protect one another. Before we get started, I want to extend my gratitude to each and every one of you. Certainly I did not know what to expect when I took on the man of war podcast. We're literally into our 14th episode and I can't begin to tell you how honored I am that you guys have stood strong behind this movement. It goes way beyond the amount of downloads and the emails that I've received. The show here is basically doing phenomenal, but it's feeding into the right minds. A good bunch of warrior minded men. It is something much deeper, much deeper. It's a unity of spirits and a unity of like-minded warriors. Now, listen. The men that I have met through being on the podcast and have developed friendships with is priceless. The bond that I've experienced with so many of my listeners is worth every ounce of effort I put into each and every podcast, which I might add is a hell of a lot. All right, real quick here. So a quick order of business. If you have not done so already, my brothers, please leave a review on iTunes. You know the drill. Reviews and downloads keep us in the high rankings on iTunes, which makes the show a lot easier to find by other warrior-minded men that have not heard about us yet. If you don't have iTunes, go to SoundCloud or Stitcher and leave us a review. Get ready for a great show today, and you're going to learn a lot. Trust me, I'm going to put it all on the table here. However, this show is not for the weak-minded or for the faint of heart. We're going to talk difficult situations here specifically active shooters. October 1st, 2017 was a very ugly and sad day, not just for our country, but for mankind. I was absolutely heartbroken and everything in me, every ounce of my core wanted to be there. It was like, I knew it was going to happen. I knew that it was going to happen somewhere and at some time in the near future, but in the end, you could never swallow this pill when so many innocent lives were taken by a mentally unstable shooter. At the time of this investigation, you know, I don't know much about it as far as anything more than the public knows. I mean, this investigation is still ongoing. There's a lot of different... uh, um, I guess for lack of a better word, there's a lot of different stories and interpretations. All right. But bottom line is this, the likelihood that there were more, that there was more than one shooter, it's pretty strong. Pretty strong in my opinion. I mean, based on the information that I have at hand right now, I mean it sounds to me like there was another shooter shooting from another platform somewhere else. I don't believe it was in the room with him. So For that matter, we're gonna leave this investigation to the law enforcement guys over there in Vegas, and I have complete faith that they're gonna do an awesome investigation. They're gonna let us know, the American people, whether there were two shooters, three shooters, and in the end, we're gonna hopefully find out what this guy's motive was. Either way, this show is not about the investigation. This show is not about the shooter's motive. It's about how warriors, men like you and I, act in this situation. So I'm going to start off here by throwing some stats your way here. So we can automatically crush the whole bullshit of less guns equals less crime. This is not going to happen here. All right? It does not. On the contrary, stats clearly show that it is the other way around. So listen to this. All right? With only one exception, every public mass shooting in the U.S. since the year 1950, that's 1950, has occurred in an area where citizens were banned from carrying guns. Are you listening to that? Citizens banned from carrying guns. Now, if you break this down, all right, these statistics are FBI statistics or peer statistics. Check this out. The United States is number three in murders in the entire world. But here's the kicker. If you take out Chicago, Detroit, D.C., and New Orleans, the United States drops to the fourth from the bottom of the list. By the way, those cities have the strictest gun control laws in the United States. Take that. Now, here's another stat, according to the Harvard Law Journal. Guns are used 80 times more often to protect life than to take it. Here in the U.S. are 270 million civilian firearms. All right, check this out. 200,000 times per year, women use a gun to defend against sexual abuse and rape. All right, so you're not going to tell me that less guns... Equals less crimes. Not going to happen. All you got to do here is look at England. Look at the UK. Strictest, uh, strictest uh, uh, gun laws. And guess what? Their crime is absolutely outrageous. So just to give you those few numbers out there so you can kind of put them into your brain a little bit. And you could start seeing that. Listen, guns is not the problem. All right. We can get into the problem later or in another show. All right, but it has to be mentally unstable individuals and crazy, radical terrorists. That's all I can say. The bottom line here is why I'm sharing these statistics with you is because bad guys are always going to have guns and your mindset should be just that, which will take us to element one here. Before we do that, let me go back for a second. Before we do that, let me start by saying that all families should have a plan of action for when this shit hits the fan, especially, if they're in large areas and they get separated, I won't discuss that here, but please sit down with your family and discuss real life situations that may occur and what everyone needs to do. So you guys are on the same page. I mean, you need to sit down with your family and make a plan. No doubt about it. Look, for example, my wife and my kids know that if I have to intervene off duty, they need to immediately get out of the area or get to cover. That's for sure. And they'll need to stay down low to the ground behind cover if at all possible. Of course, my wife will be dialing 911 at the time, giving a description of what's happening, and obviously identifying myself so we won't have a blue on blue incident. Anyways, you certainly need to get a family plan of action. I call it an FPA. Super, super important. And I'll probably have a show about this soon enough. Let's jump right into element one. Let's talk about perception of where you are and where you're going. Now, perception is defined as regarding or interpreting a situation. Most people perceive certain events or locations as more peaceful than others. I mean, hell, a country concert under beautiful skies of Vegas, man, that I mean, bottom line is you're looking at it, you're saying this must be a chill, fun time with a decent, clean crowd. I mean, typically 30s, 50s, you know, 30 to 50. I mean, most would never think twice about a hyper-violent situation happening in an event like this. The same can be said for a nice restaurant or a nice part of town. Remember, your perception can easily be tainted if you don't stop for a second and engage your situational awareness. Now, let's talk about situational awareness. I divide awareness into two categories, advanced awareness and Situational awareness. Advanced awareness is knowing where you're going, knowing the location, getting a picture of the location. Nowadays, we can do this easily, man. We can go right onto Google Maps, go to Street View, and we can get an idea of the streets and exit areas and buildings, hospitals, police stations. You know, this is advanced awareness, getting an idea of where you're going, where you're traveling to. Super important. All right. Now, situational awareness is being aware of your surroundings of wherever you are. What I mean by this is keeping your head on a swivel and yes, looking around, not being shy to look around, turn your head, you know, eyeball what you need to eyeball. Or right, this can be done in a very natural way, especially if you train. I mean, without hampering your enjoyment, you can easily do this. I mean you don't have to look all weird, you know, with your head, you know, looking left and looking right like a robot but you can do this smoothly, right? Now, with that said, if you see something that strikes your gut or you don't feel good about it, take action, meaning get up, move, get in a better position, communicate, talk to someone, let them know, listen, always go with your gut better safe than sorry. So now let's talk about situational awareness, which is the awareness of what is going on around you and how you're positioned in relationship to the environment around you. Now, listen, this goes into knowing where as ex- exits are, who you view as a threat where soft spots and hard spots are in your area. And when I say soft spots, I'm talking about open areas, areas that do not offer very good cover, which we'll talk about a little bit later. The hard spots typically offer good cover and concealment and are easily accessible from your vantage point. All right. So what happens here? Let's get into this. When the sky falls, And everything goes to shit, like the Las Vegas shooter. Well, in my book, that is when warriors rise up to the challenge. First and foremost, an alert mind can be a calm mind. Most people talk about remaining calm, and I'll tell you what, it's a lot easier said than done. You can take that to the bank. Now, bottom line is this, you need to be deliberately slow on your breathing. All right, so in other words, with that said, to be able to calm your mind, you need to slow your breathing down. I mean, you got to find a way. If your breathing is out of whack and your heart's way too fast, you're going to be out of whack and you're not going to be able to function even at 50%. So, we need you to get to a certain level. We need you to be up operating in the 75-80% performance category here, and you're going to do that by controlling your breath, inhaling and controlling your exhale, inhaling and controlling your exhale. You can realistically do that three or four times and get back on the throttle. Check this out. Assess and evaluate. All right, we want to assess and evaluate the situation. Find an area when you could, where you can take a few seconds to evaluate and assess. If you're trained in the OODA loop, you know, which is observe, orient, decide, and act, use it. Make sure you use it. If you don't even know what the hell I'm talking about, that's fine. You can still stick to evaluate and assess what's going on, meaning that you're going to evaluate what's going on. Is it a crime? Is it a shooting? Acknowledge, okay, it's called rapid target acquisition for us You know, working in the tactical field. But for the most part, if you can just say, okay, this is a shooting that we have in place, okay, now we've evaluated this. Now assess what's going on around you People are dying. People are getting shot. All right. So we need to make a decision and move out of here. Get to cover. Get in a low position. All right. What we're going to do here is, at the very least, okay, get into a position where we can assess and evaluate while we are controlling our breathing a little bit to be able to see the right thing and evaluate the right thing here. All right. So. Check this out. You can also look in a situation like that where people are shooting from different platforms or or even if you have one shooter in, in like an Orlando nightclub inside. I mean, look for that muzzle flash. All right. A lot of times that muzzle flash will give you an idea where the shooter is, but be very careful because if the shooter is actively moving, you'll see the muzzle flash to the left and all of a sudden it's to the right. All right. do not get confused with this. That means that the shooter is moving. General idea is what we want here general idea where the rounds are coming from. That's the main objective here as you're trying to evaluate this. But keep in mind, you're going to be a lot sharper if you're applying good tactical breath control throughout. Now listen, let's go on to the next next part here. If rounds are flying all around you, like the Vegas shooter in a big environment, a big open area, especially coming out of a large caliber rifle, your best bet is to hit the ground as low as you can and crawl. Yes, belly crawl, belly walk to an area that may offer you cover. Now the trajectory of a, uh, the trajectory of a round, okay, even at the altitude of 30 story is still much more difficult to hit a low Lying target. You're only going to expose yourself maybe a foot to two feet. All right. So you're going to be much more of a difficult target for that shooter to hit. Now, I don't want to sound like an asshole here, but remember this if you are dead, you're no good to anyone. All right. Standing up and running away with the crowd can get you killed fast as hell. Now listen, if you have loved ones with you, especially little ones, you need to blanket them in executive protection, we have a technique that's called blanketing, you just, you know, kind of dive and cover up uh, the principal. Well, you need to shield them, you need to use your body, okay, to shield them, not only from okay, the rounds, but from other people that will stampede, right, a stampede, like we just saw in Vegas, people are running, they're gonna step all over everybody dead bodies, kids, whatever, they are just worried about getting out themselves. Alright, so with this said, if at all possible, alright, cover them, shield yourself, uh, shield them, okay, and crawl and get to a low area of cover. Alright, in other words, Get to an area where you're away, you're out of the line of fire if you can, and get to cover. I mean, remember, your first instinct typically may be to run, but you have to overcome that. Avoid blindly running, man. I'm telling you, you got to stop that. Going back to running here, uh, one of the techniques that I teach in my active shooter program is El Groucho walking or El Groucho movement. This is an old school type of um, mid-level type walking platform where you can shoot from, you can move tactically to different areas from. However, when we're running in an angle, uh, this platform, what it does for us, it keeps us lower to the ground. And more importantly, it prevents us from tripping all over the place because we're going heel-toe, heel-toe, and it gives us a lot better control of where we're headed Obviously, in a situation like this, you're going to keep your head on, the sw- on a swivel, looking around, maintaining awareness throughout. All right, so uh, that's a little tip for you right there. Okay, so let's talk about cover and concealment. To make it simple here, cover is a structure or an object that can stop a round from penetrating it. Now, concealment, on the other hand, is hiding behind an object or a structure where you cannot be seen by the enemy. You guys got the difference here? So, some examples of cover are walls, and I'm going to say this again here not dry walls, all right? Dry walls, especially in the southeast, for example, here in Florida, where I live, I mean, dry walls are very common, and basically anything goes through that piece of shit, all right? These walls have absolutely no structural integrity whatsoever and a round, even a nine millimeter, uh, nine millimeter round could go boom right through it, all right? but So we're looking more at a cement or a concrete wall, even a heavy wood or steel door that is closed. But remember this, never ever stand in the doorway or the funnel of death, okay? We call this a funnel of death because that's where people die. I mean, going back to SWAT training, going back to tactical training, I mean, this is the absolute no-go we do not go into a house or into a structure and stand in that funnel of death. However, obviously in a situation like this, if you're being shot at and you can get behind a, um, a thick wood door or a steel door, that's going to offer you obviously some protection there. Um, also sidewalk curbs, even though they're about a foot high If you can get low enough on them, they will give you some protection. Engine block area of a vehicle, tires of a vehicle. I mean, typically shrimp up, you know, cuddle up and get behind a wheel. That offers you some type of protection there. Not the best place to be because you're pretty much static and you can't see, you know, angles above you because you're very, very low. But, hey, you're still down to the ground where you need to be to prevent from being shot easily. All right. So the, remember these high caliber, high velocity rounds, they travel a long, long way. And if you're in an area where you think you got cover, but you don't, you can easily get hit. I'm telling you straight up. You can't just lie down underneath the car expecting that because rounds do hit the ground and they will skip. And when they do bounce and they skip, it's not even the, um, uh, the round itself shrapnel could hit you, right? Um, uh, breaking areas, for example, um, hitting concrete in the concrete area, you know, concrete chips split, you know, one of them, I'm telling you, I've seen this in person happen, or I'm not saying you die, but you can get injured big time. You can have a broken head, think, you know, things hit your eyes. So just be careful, be cognizant, be aware, of your surroundings alright now keep this in mind if there are lives at stake around you and you have the opportunity to step up and help fucking go for it alright but don't be an asshole about it make sure that if they are in the line of fire these people that you're trying to help that you tactically move from cover to cover to get there and certainly Don't just kind of run in the heat of fire and stand over them and then get shot and then you're no use to anyone. All right, so keep that in mind. So we want to do everything that we can under our power to remove that injured individual away from the hot zone. Now, the hot zone is where rounds are being peppered. In other words, that's where the rounds are being fired at. So you don't want to sit there and start giving first aid and then get hit and then you're no use to anyone. All right, so use your head, be smart about it. Like we talked earlier, gather your breathing, gather your center, okay, before you start making these quick decisions. I know that time is of the essence and I get it, but you gotta make smart decisions so you can survive this and so you can be useful to help others and save some other lives. All right, so let's talk a little bit about first aid here. Now, listen, I'm not a paramedic, but I've been trained in basic tactical medical care. When I was in SWAT, when I was in the DEA task force, when I was an executive protection agent and and did some EP work, I took a bunch of classes, but regardless, okay, the bottom line is this, this is simple and anyone can use it. Anyone can do it. All right. So first and foremost, let's talk about the tourniquet. In my opinion, that is a major lifesaver. Say 15, 20 years ago, the tourniquet was looked at in a very bad way. However, modern-day medicine has changed its view on that, all right? Now, tourniquets, not everyone, and I get it, not everyone carries a tourniquet on them. However, I would urge you to do that, to carry a tourniquet nearby. I know that I carry one every day at work in my vest. I know that I carry one when I in my bag, wherever I go, I have one in my car. I think they are lifesavers, and I think it's super important that you go out there. Uh, you can go to Amazon, you can go to um, uh, any Army Navy store, uh, you can go to anywhere on the internet, find them for between 12 and 20 bucks, man. I'm telling you, you can go out there and get these things and have no issue whatsoever. They're good and they beat the hell out of other things. However, when we need to improvise, okay we can use a tourniquet we can use our belt as a tourniquet all right um not the greatest thing but like i said when we need to go out there and improvise we can use our belt as a tourniquet we can even use a shoelace in the worst case scenario as a tourniquet now the idea here is to stop the bleeding all right we want to stop that bleeding so the person won't bleed out all right Now, when applying a tourniquet, what we want to look at first is make sure that you tighten it above the wound and near the next joint. So you want to go high on that injury, wherever that gunshot is, wherever they're bleeding out of, you're going to go higher and place that tourniquet higher. So what you're going to do with the tourniquet, you're going to pull whatever handle you have, and you're going to lock it in the best you can. But I mean, you got to pull hard, all right? It's going to hurt the other person if if they're conscious and awake but you know, at that point you're talking about saving a life. All right. So you're going to yank that uh, tourniquet and you're going to find a way to lock that tourniquet in place. Now the next thing that we can talk about also is if you can, of course, all right, especially if you don't have a tourniquet, all right, what you can do is try to do everything you can to elevate the wound, all right. You want to elevate that body part above the heart, if at all possible. So listen, I know that I'm throwing a bunch of things at you, but these elements are so important. If you can get two or three of these elements and kind of remember them when the shit hits the fan, I'm telling you, these can save your life. There's no doubt about it. All right, so now we've prioritized life and your family is safe. All right, let's take it up a notch here because warriors, us, we don't just sit on the sidelines. All right, we're going to help. We're going to assist. We're going to do everything that we can to take that shooter out or to assist my other team with the other guys take that shooter out. All right. By this time, most likely, I would say within a few minutes that this happens and you get your family or you get yourself to safety and you position yourself tactically that you can come back. All right. This is the deal. First responders typically are going to be there in a situation like this. All right. Now, what you want to do here, I would, all right, you can go talk to one of them, okay, and give them as much intel as you can about what you saw. Typically, they have, you know, communications, and they'll be able to relay that communication out. See, what happens in a situation like this, when panic strikes, is that people don't give a shit about giving information. They're seeing things and they're absorbing all this information that law enforcement, okay, can start disseminating to other officers that are arriving and to other officers that are looking for the shooter. But the problem is that everything is scattered and everyone is just trying to do what they can do to help. And I get it. It's a very difficult situation. No doubt about it. No Monday uh, Monday morning uh, quarterbacking here. However, it is imperative that information gets disseminated the faster that good solid information gets disseminated the faster we're going to take that shooter out okay so um, you can absolutely go up to an officer and say listen this is what i saw get his attention because he's going to be in another planet i'm telling you at that moment but get his attention say say listen hey this is what i saw This is what, you know, what we're seeing, we have this, we have that, the shooter's on the 32nd floor, Um, we have have another shooter on the 14th floor, there's another shooter that possibly was in the crowd. So now, at the very least, this starts, you start disseminating this out to other officers. And intel is a big thing, as you know, okay? So, one thing that I urge you not to do is do not ask a police officer to use their gun. All right, listen. We have some people that, in general, think that it's okay for them to go up to a police officer and ask for a gun uh, during a a high-stress incident. But obviously, their brain is not functioning at that moment because that police officer is not just going to hand his gun to some dude that he doesn't fucking know. If you guys... If you guys saw this, um, I don't even know what the hell this guy, he's a, he's an Instagram dude, um, I don't know his name, but, um, uh, you know, he went out there and he asked uh, a police officer, I mean, besides being a fool and running away before and then coming back to make a show out of it, um, he asked a police officer, hey, you know what, let me borrow your gun, and the police officer bitched at him and this is all caught on video. Um, the bottom line is this, all right, don't ask all right, don't ask a cop for a gun. In a situation like that, I'm I would never give up my gun to anyone. I don't know you, I don't know app unless it's someone that I feel 100% confident that A knows how to use the gun and B that I could trust that someone for sure, I would never relinquish my weapon ever. Just remember pandemonium, okay, it's going to creep into everyone's head. That's a chain reaction. So going backtracking to the beginning, all right, remember to do the best you can to stay centered, to stay calm because if you're not centered and if you're not calm, you're basically gonna be all over the place and you're not gonna be any good again to anyone, okay? So let's take it up even at a higher level here. So what happens here if the active shooter is near you and he's spraying everyone with rounds around you. Well, I want you to stop. And I want you to think about that for a second. Just think about it. You're getting shot at. And the person the active shooter is right next to you. Well, I'll tell you right now. All right, as a warrior, you have to decide at that moment, if you're willing to die to protect another human being to protect a loved one. Now, listen, Let's cut the bullshit. Everyone wants to be a hero, but I would say less than 1% of men are going to step up and truly take a round, truly take a bullet, even for a loved one. I hate to say that, but I feel very, very strongly about that. And I say this simply because the mindset in today's society is simply shit. The whole, there is no greater love than the love to lay down my life for my brother. That doesn't really click in today's society. Most men just don't get that. All right, so let's go back to the active shooter being right next to you. Now, obviously, you have to weigh in what your training is and whether you're armed or not very important. You got to know what your training is because remember, you're always going to fall back to your basic training to your lowest level of training, you're not going to rise up to the occasion. And all of a sudden, you're going to start doing new tactics and techniques that you've never practiced, or that you don't have honed and that you're not skilled at. All right, so you got to keep that in mind. And most importantly, be honest with yourself. I mean, can you truly do something? All right. I mean, not to say that you're not going to go out there and take some chances because when rounds are headed your way, it's all about chances. Shit. Even if your training is the highest level of training, but you got to keep it all in perspective here. And don't be a fool again. And I'm going to keep on going back to this. If you get shot, you're no good to anyone. All right. Now, let's get into a subtopic here. I am a believer of guns and I believe they can protect life for Sure. I've seen it. I've protected my own life. And I'll tell you straight up, all right? If I were to have to choose between a gun on my hip or a warrior mindset, I would take the mindset a 100 times over. You heard me right. I would take the mindset a 100 times over. Now, owning a gun does not make you a warrior, gentlemen. Trust me. Owning a gun does not make you a good, accurate shooter. Trust me. If you don't train under stress, I don't give a shit how well you shoot at a still target. The bottom line is that when you're being shot at and rounds are coming your way, the dynamics change completely. I have been shot at. I have been in gunfights. I have fought for my life. I have served infinite amount of high risk search warrants. And I can tell you straight up that the complexity of the situation expands two and threefold very, very quickly. So I just need you guys at this point. We're not going to start talking about, you know, fine motor skills. We're not going to talk about gross motor skills or uh, tunnel vision. None of that. We're going to focus on basic things that you can do here. Okay, specifically coming through your training and coming through your uh, skills and honing your skills. All right. If you have training in. Firearms or in combat or in knife work or any type of self-protection art. All right. And you feel like you could step up and take this motherfucker out. You need to do it. It's incumbent upon you to do it again. Notice the criteria that I put on the table here. All right. If you're either armed, if you feel that you can take this guy, man, you're a warrior here, right? I mean, you're listening to the show because at the very least you want to start living that warrior life, right? This is what we do. This is part of our bloodline. This is part of how we think. That's the mindset. All right, so just make sure that you have some training behind you that's going to be able to push you to that level. Yes, I have seen in videos, and so have you, where you have, you know, college kid here and there, all of a sudden takes the gun out of the guy's hand for, you know, and great job or whatever. That's a very minute percentage. And I will tell you that if the active shooter has any knowledge of firearms, he's going to move and shoot and he is not gonna let you just take his gun away. The only way that this will happen is if you surprise the active shooter, and there are ways that we can do these surprise method techniques, Um, but that's another show altogether. Uh, You know, you can bridge the gun or the rifle against the door jam, against the column. Uh, We can go on and on about this, but this is not what the show is about. Regardless, keep in mind, That you gotta have some backbone in your training. Now, a quick word on mindset here. While this is what truly differentiates, we're talking mindset here, the average man from a warrior, don't forget, right? Don't forget that physical training plays a huge part in the warrior's archetype. All right, guys, huge. Last but not least here, all right? And I don't care if you're a cop, spec ops operator, MMA fighter, boxer, whatever. We can all die by making a stupid ass mistake. If you don't train and hone your skills, you will get your ass ripped apart when the devil comes knocking. So remember to train and hone your skills to survive to win these confrontations. Well guys, I hope that you enjoyed the show and i Went off the cuff a little bit. Not too bad, though. Uh, I kind of stuck to the elements that I wanted to disseminate through this show. Um, If I did ramble on a little bit, hey, that's just the name of the game here. I appreciate you hanging in there with me. Uh, But truly, all kidding aside, I wholeheartedly believe in every single element that I gave you. And God forbid that you need to use these elements when the shit hits the fan, that you're able to use them and pull them and extract them. Even if one or two that you remember, I think that I've done my job here. So there you have it, call to action show number two. And uh, I will be putting out a call to action show every other week for now. And it will cover subjects that are important to warrior-minded men just like yourself. Just a quick reminder before I go, right now the Warrior Development Program is in a soft launch mode. Basically what that means is that I'm able to offer it for a crazy dollar and ninety nine cents. That's less than two bucks, guys. I'm only going to do this for just maybe twenty to thirty days. I haven't made up my mind, but it's going to be for a very short period of time. I mean, we're gaining new members <laughs> every single day. Uh, it's unbelievable. But either way, a dollar ninety nine, visit forgingawarrior.com. That's forgingawarrior.com. Now, check this out. What you're going to get with this is you're going to get two virtual lessons via video. Every single month, you're going to have manuals for all your training video lessons, a webinar, Q&A session, you're going to have special podcasts. Most importantly, the key to unlock the closed door network group of warrior minded men just like you. All this with a 30 day money back guarantee. Listen, there's absolutely nothing you can lose here except for two bucks in the worst case scenario. And I'll give it back to you if you tell me, hey, this wasn't worth it. 100 times that in one month again that's forging a warrior.com so in the end here remember it takes action in your part to make it happen check us out on social media man of war podcast and last but not least if you enjoyed this show please give us a review and share it with other warrior minded men that's how we're going to continue to grow this movement no doubt about it until next time Remember, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.